Blog Talk Radio. Five, four, three, two, We are coming to the close of the season, but we are making it through another game day Sunday. It's your host, Cass, and guess what? I am no longer sick after four weeks of hell and coughing and yeah, she's not still passing sick my she's still a Vikings fan. She's always going to be sick as long as she stays a Vikings fan. That's so cool. All right. That's awful. But good morning, guys. I have Mike and Michael on the line. That's good morning. Wow, that's the that's I mean, well, it's I mean, just the like, way act. Right, like, like, right. That's kind well, of good. Happy weird. Sunday to you. Bears win two games in a row, people, and he's cocky now. He can't even. Two no, games. I ain't cocky about my Bears. He's, I'm he's shooting fire. Two games uh, in a row. Like there's a bottom frolicking with Detroit, but he's mad at my team. But it's okay. It's okay. You only hate me with the drink, so it's all right. Uh, I'm glad you think that's what it is. <laughs> But good morning, guys. How are you? Welcome to another NFL Game Day Sunday. Mike, what's going on with you? Uh, uh, I'm awake. I'm awake. I, 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 I enjoyed all of the talks on all of the national shows of people watching uh, Cam Newton dab on them, a.k.a. dab on them folks. Um, but then I also have enjoyed, yeah, uh, I've enjoyed all of the talk about how bad uh, the Green Bay Packers are on their uh, three-game losing streak. I've enjoyed I that as well. Yes, and yeah, I'm hoping that it goes to four. Us, I don't think any of us <laughs> will disagree with you on that one. I think we're, um, at least on this one, we're all on the same page. I've enjoyed Packers, the other football. Rel- I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the fact that uh, I hate to say it this way, but I'm loving it. The the Peyton Manning era might finally be over. <laughs> I've enjoyed that. Uh, I, I could ramble on about many other things that I've enjoyed, but let's let, let, let's enjoy talking about what's relevant. Oh, that is. Um. Well, are we if we jump right into the show, uh, uh, a first first a first versus second game in the Vikings versus the Packers this week. And I think it's going to be an amazing game. This is another the game. The Packers. The Packers hate the Vikings, and it is the ultimate border battle because I live there. So I can break it down a little bit. Um, Green Bay fans. Well, but before you before you go into it, about, I don't want it to be an amazing game. I want it to be a blowout. I want the Packers to look like garbage. I don't want it to be a close game. Like don't garbage. want it to be an amazing game. They already I look like garbage, be... but hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Hold on. Because nobody understands why it's a border battle. If you know anything about the Twin Cities, they kind of sit at the bottom of the state of Minnesota. So most of 
the people who a lot of the people that live there have migrated from Wisconsin. And we got a bunch of Dakota fans who are diehard Vikings fans. So I don't know, Mike, you were thinking that Packers fans are only from Milwaukee. And there are a couple of them that um, dwell right here. No, I know Chicago. But it's the only ones that matter are from Milwaukee. And I, I don't think like any of them they, matter. They, they from Milwaukee. Well, like, I mean, how are you going to categorize and put them in the box like, well, you only matter if you're from here. That's like saying we don't, we all live out, if we don't live in Chicago, then, you know, we don't matter as Bears fans. I feel that I way, too. I feel that uh, way, too. I don't, okay. I don't count the no. Okay. okay. So give well, that count count of matter. Of Chicago. You don't count what? You don't count what? <laughs> Suburbs. I don't count the ones that live in Gary. I don't the ones that live in Chicago. Yep, I said it. All right. So, but the team represents okay. Chicago and Northwest Indiana. So you gonna tell the Bears who they represent because that's who they say they represent. <laughs> Northwest Indiana and, and the Chicago land area. So. You call the Bukaskis and you tell them that they're wrong, but when we get on the Bears, we'll worry about the Bears. Right now, we're on two teams that are doing better than the Bears. He called me out. He called me out. Right now. First of all, the line in Wisconsin is Milwaukee. That's my. So, it doesn't really matter. We're just talking about two two teams who are going to be doing what they need to do today. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> are on a three green a three game slide so far downhill. With it doesn't seem like there may be an ending stop. A stop be coming soon. However you say that phrase, I'm not really sure at the moment. But you know, from that standpoint, if you look at it, you know, I'm like everybody else who who doesn't like Green Bay. You know, I want them to continue and just, hey, it's just time for y'all to make some changes. It started out cool, but it's just not working out for you. And it's okay. And I'm just. Because uh, I'm it's just, just teams that every now and then they go through, you know, they have their little troubles. You know, what I want, what I would like to see is Minnesota continue, you know, doing well. Um, I'm with Cass on this one, you know, and it's primarily because, not because I'm a Minnesota fan, but because I'm not a Green Bay fan. So, you know, I've. For the last of the two weeks, <laughs> but you know, regardless of whether, regardless of whether, regardless of where you draw the line at, you know, um, or where the teams draw the line, the one thing you can't control is the fan and who they choose to, you know, call their team. So you know, regardless of what you think, you have no control over that. So it really doesn't matter what you think in this opinion. I'm gonna break my arm. But we opened up. We, we opened about up three the show, weeks ago. ladies and gentlemen, pretty pretty violently. Like I, I, shots are being fired everywhere. I built a fort of sandbags because I don't understand what's going on. Um, there is, <laughs> I just really wanted to talk about my squad. I, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm afraid right now. I don't know. I've got grenades over here because I don't know. I might have to pull one. I got Call of Duty gear on. Like, what's going on, guys? Yeah. I'm having a good time. Oh! But back to this matchup, which is a border battle and another big NFC North rivalry. Um, we've got Aaron Rodgers, who's amazing. He has not looked so amazing. 
Well, I take that back. He has looked amazing. <laughs> Nobody else has. That, James see, Jones very, that is has seems like he fizzled. Yeah, now we back. Now we don't know him. He Mike Jones does. Um, James Jones can't get the ball to James Jones. That's been shut down. A lot of injuries. We don't know what's going on with Eddie Lacy, which is the star running back, and John Starks is zip. Starks has not come in and and actually been the cure and the answer at the running back position. Randall Cobb's not exactly. I think he's run out of people. He's he's run yeah. out of people to um. Pass, hand off, throw to, walk it out, hit the dab, like whatever. He, he he's done. And, like he, and it's one of those he, things, and he's hurt. Right, and it's one of those things where you you never thought you would see it happen to them, but injuries have really ransacked their entire team, especially key positions. You know, all of the key people are hurt. You know, and, and they, what they what yeah. what can they do now? You know, to even come back off of to rebound from this because you got to play the hand you dealt, unfortunately. And you know, not I don't know much about their bench, but it can't be too good. (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, believe it or not, um, a lot of their bench was playing, so it's this. This is a rough one, and. They really did fall from grace. They had a, a, a big fall from grace. No one, I didn't think I would see them fall like this. But today, definitely looking at the numbers, the over-under, believe it or not, the Vikings still by one point are like the underdogs, but everyone sees the Vikings finishing at least by three points or more. If Teddy Bridgewater can actually get the ball in Mike Wallace's hands and – the way the defense for the Packers is playing, if they're playing the way they played the last three games today, then I definitely see Adrian and I definitely see Mike Wallace and Brett Ellison getting in there and making some big plays on offense. The Vikings defense has been amazing. They've been able to pick off and and definitely kudos to, to Newman, who was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Like the, Finally, we're watching the, the secondary Take off quarterbacks, which is what's very key. It's great when you can stop the run after a catch, but when you can totally prevent the catch with an incomplete pass or a pick, that's even better. So they force a, a lot of teams to turn over the ball. The Vikings are the lowest in the league when it comes to penalties. So they got a lot of things working in their favor. So today is about having that chemistry and playing smart football. Because, like their coach told them, you got the number one spot, but that means nothing to me. You know, when we got postseason going on, that's when, you know, we, that's we can when cheer. You but see right what now, made of, yeah. Right, right now you're holding the number is what, one spot. Right now, this is, what, awesome, right, this is what you have to do, you know. This is because just be, you can be knocked out of that spot just like Green Bay's been knocked, being knocked out of their spot now. You know, and anymore. You know, and the Bears are trying to do something. And we'll right. talk about that you later. Know, so, of course, so, I, in this, this matchup, of course, I'm rolling with my purple and gold. Definitely. I, as if that was a no-brainer. I'm definitely rolling with the Vikings on this one. I think they will be handing another loss to the Packers, but they still, just because it seems like it's easy, it's still the Packers. It's still Aaron Rodgers. They should not be taking this team for granted. 
they should just take advantage of every opportunity with the team being injured and the team being on an all-time low. So I'm rolling with Vikings so that the Vikings, you know, I'll be able to go to sleep tonight and see that they're 8-2. and two. And that's the Packers that and the <laughs> Yeah, I – yeah, I'm, I'm ready to. Yeah, it, it doesn't even matter at this point what they lose, as long as they lose again. But it's, you know, I have a cousin, like I mentioned, who was like an all-out just, you know, Packers fan. He can't stand the Bears, and he lives right out here, and it's all cool. But I'm like, you know, normally I'll see a bunch of posts from him on Facebook, or, or you know, usually in the West, maybe working. Quiet. I don't know. So I wait a minute. Heard, so wait a minute. So are you saying? This is his Facebook page. That's okay. There's been a lot of Packers fans that kind of sound like that lately. I mean, when my yeah, team yeah. was in the toilet two two years ago, I wrote I wrote it out with them. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. No crickets for me. But Packers fans seem to be hurt. Well, guess what? In my opinion, based on the facts, based on the numbers, it'll be another weekend of being hurt. Where, where is Mike? Mike has disappeared because I think he doesn't want to Mike has been here the whole time. No, you was there. Well, Are the Packers going to win, Mike? No, nah, I think the Vikings are going to win. There you have it. So is that all three for the Vikings? Yep. Seems like it. I'm very proud. I'm proud. <laughs> I would like to compose Zimmer and Adrian Peterson. Mike Wallace. I'm proud of you guys. I'm so proud. So we're going to so swing it over to my hometown team, the team that Mike loves and Michael is a fan of. And I'm probably the only person that's not, like, a huge fan of them on the staff. But we're going to let Mike take it away because Denver has invaded Soldier Field. And despite their quarterback issues with Peyton Manning, because they did have to sit my man down, my man, Broke a record and sat the fuck down real quick. So, Peyton's looking pretty bad. Peyton's looking a little, uh, but when it comes to, believe it or not, despite Peyton sitting down, their run game is so tight. And on defense, they look amazing. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, not suiting up today. What's going on with Get his name right first. Get his name right first. I'm a Chicago supporter. Get his name right. There's no S on the end of his name. I didn't say an S on the end, and I was the biggest campaign person of that on Twitter. Well, you oh, yeah, said it on Jeffrey. <laughs> I didn't say an S on the end. I Jeffrey. He's not playing. He didn't. He's not suiting up, and I'm asking. Okay, so is Matt Forte playing today? No, Matt Forte is not playing today. Well, good luck, Jeremy Langford, against that defensive front. So why don't you break that down for us, Mike, and, and tell us how that um, may or may not go. Well, it's it's my opinion that uh, Langford needs to have another big week. Um, some people um, have said that uh, we're lucky to have found Zach Miller. I don't think Zach Miller is the savior because even when – Zach Miller wasn't being so great. We were getting production out of the tight end position. I believe the tight end position is a wash. Um, We've been getting production all season out of that position. We need someone to step up from the wide receiver position, and we need uh, Jeremy Langford to have another good game in order for the Bears to have a chance. Um, 
a lot of people have been talking about the Osweiler effect. But to keep it honest, this season Peyton Manning has probably had two good games, two, a total of two. So it is literally not about the Brock Osweiler effect. It is about the defense of the Broncos. Um, They have an excellent secondary. They have an excellent front seven. The only saving grace to the Bears for this particular week is that DeMarcus Ware didn't make the trip. But this is this less like last week, in my opinion. I believe the Bears have a chance. I believe they had a chance even if Peyton Manning was in the game, even if DeMarcus Ware was in the game, because one of the things that has uh, been clear this season is whether you like Jay Cutler or not, um, and some people are saying, yes, Jay Cutler's having a great year, and I do think he is, but it's less about Jay Cutler and more about the plays being called. Over the past few seasons, the Bears have had too many play callers that are not calling plays that are fitting of the the talent on the field. Regardless of if Jay Cutler can throw the ball, regardless of if Brandon Marshall could have caught the ball, regardless of if Offshawn Jeffrey is playing, call plays that are fitting of the talent on the field. And we finally have a play caller in Adam Gates that is actually doing that. No 7-7 drops. From no seven-step drops from uh, Mike Martz being called, no million-dollar passes from Mark Tressman, no bad calls from other offensive line coaches turned offensive quarters in Mike Tice. We have an offensive coordinator that knows how to call offensive court or offensive calls. That is my opinion. Are you happy about your Bears this season? Excuse me? You sound yeah. so different. Normally, uh, you, you, you go all in. Where's the passion? Uh, it's still there. <laughs> so, for the win, if you had to predict, if I had really to predict, the, uh, I, would, I, I would actually uh, call this a 50-50 game. But if I had to predict, mm, I'm going to allow my fandom to 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 lean me towards the Bears. But if I was honest, I would call this a 50-50 game. Really? The Broncos, defense, are... the Broncos defense is neutralizing. I don't care if all of your players are 100% healthy. Uh, Matt Forte could be in with Alshon Jeffrey, Eddie Royal, and all of the above. We could have 100% of uh, our offense, and I'd still be worried about the Denver defense. The Denver defense. One of the one of the things that, although they're excellent at sacking the quarterback, what is great about them, in my opinion, is their their secondary, their safeties, and their cornerbacks don't overplay the ball. They are they they make interceptions when they need to. 
but they don't make stupid plays. And it's okay. hard to get downfield on them. And their safeties also also come up in the box to tackle, tackle running backs. Their safeties know how to tackle. Their secondary period knows how to tackle. Well, um, I, wish I wish their secondary would teach our secondary how to play some things. Well, here's something that I'm going to say. Um, last week, I did not think that I was going to see the type of play that I saw out of the Bears. So I went in last week. My prediction was completely wrong. It was completely wrong. Um, I really did think that the Rams could handle the Bears and would have come out with the W. What I did like is the minute the OC saw that there was trouble of brewing in St. Louis, took advantage of it. Call plays for Jay Cutler and and they bombed those boys. It, it 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 was it was like Hiroshima all over again. The, the Lions, the, sorry, excuse me, the Rams weren't expecting it. The Rams fans weren't expecting it. Nor were most of the Bears fans. While there were quite a few of them there and quite a few tuned in, it was still a shock. So now I'm wondering, with there being a much better offensive coordinator here in Chicago. Maybe we are going to see a, a battle on turf. It might be a little lopsided on defense, but if he can get Jay Cutler going and he can get those smart plays and they start doing something that we are used to seeing with Green Bay, we're used to seeing people we've never heard before that you have to check your roster, like, when did he get signed? We're used to seeing bombs go from Aaron Rodgers to these guys because of how hard they practice and the way they practice. Now we're starting to see that from Jay Cutler. Players are being called for names that a few people aren't used to hearing or have probably never even heard before. I would not be surprised to see those adjustments and those changes being made to the game. Well, one of the things that that I I believe we saw early in the season when when Alshon Jeffrey wasn't playing early in the season is that Jay Cutler is going through his progressions. And when you go through your progressions and you already don't have any quote-unquote big-name receivers out there because everybody's injured, you're going to find other people. Jay Cutler is much better at going through his progressions, but then also it's not even just that he's better at going through his progressions. The plays being sent in are much smarter plays. And I literally think the smarter plays are – or are what is fitting. I mean, for example, the worst OC I believe the Bears had for the Bears was Mike Martz. If you think about Mike Martz, when he had when he had that, he had Marshall, Marshall Falk, he had uh, he had Tory Holt. He had players that were fitting of the types of plays he was calling. He had Kurt mm-hmm. Warner. I just named three three potential Hall of Famers. Um, uh, Isaac Bruce, that was built, and then also he was on turf. That was built for that team. Mike Marsh tried to force force plays on players that were not fitting of it. He was trying to trying to get Devin Hester to be Isaac Bruce. Devin Hester mm-hmm. is not Isaac Bruce. He was trying to do certain things while – Wow, Marshall Falk can catch out of the backfield. He's a completely different type of uh, all-around running back than Matt Forte. The good thing about Adam Gates is although he has adapted certain things to the Peyton Manning style for Jay Cutler, he's still calling plays 
that are for Jay Cutler. He's calling plays that are for Matt Forte. Last week, he called plays that were for uh, that were for Jeremy Langford. He called plays for the players that are in the game instead of trying to make okay. it fit instead the players. And that, that's an excellent thing, though. That's, that's excellent because that lets you know that he's paid attention to the talent that he has. And he knows right. the capabilities and how far to push him. So we've and, got and now Emmanuel Sanders is now out for the Broncos. So he won't be playing. Matt Forte yeah, got out on the field with a few sprints. Yeah, that is good. And they don't think they're going to let him start. I mean, 1030, they're going to make the call. 1030 Central Time. So right now, guys, it's 1024 if you're listening live. They're going to make the call as to whether or not Matt starts. He's trying to be other. He's trying to get something going. And, of course, Peyton suffered, what, a, a rib injury and mental cloudiness or something. The Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning is being benched. He is hiding behind the cloud of injury. He's being benched. <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep it real. The coaching yeah. staff that was brought in – was brought in to transition out of the Peyton Manning era. They just didn't think it was going to come this fast. But he was brought in to transition out of the Peyton Manning era. Let's also keep it real. It is my opinion that Peyton Manning is only still playing football because he's still embarrassed by the loss uh, to Seattle a few years ago. He wants a second Super Bowl. Because otherwise, if Peyton Manning had a second Super Bowl in his career – be it with the Colts or the Broncos, he's already retired. That is my opinion. He is he is embarrassed by the way he I, has done the I, last season in Denver. That. I mean, well, I I mean athletes' pride is a very big deal. I don't know if you would say he's embarrassed. I, I, I do agree with you. You know, but you know, in in the sport. What person, you know, if you've already been to that and you've already achieved it, you know, you already know how to get there again. So it's a getting there that's the issue, and getting there right now is an issue for him because he's hurt again. You know, also he hasn't been, he hasn't looked great, but, you know, it could be this that his injury is just a reason to send him down. May not be injured at all. You know how it goes in football. It's, it's an active game, too. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Peyton, you know, Peyton what Manning you tell the media, has what one you of tell the media and what the truth is is, is always something totally different than that because of all the politics. Oh, this is very all, true. But, you know, but Peyton I agree Manning. that it's time for him to sit down and, and kind of, you know, regroup a little bit. You know, and at this point, because of where where it is in the season, it might be the best time for him. Go ahead and let the backup get get his deal because he's gonna be the person running next year, so you might as well get him ready. Peyton Manning has been in three Super Bowls, lost two. He has one of the worst playoff records in in uh, in quarterback history. He has a worse playoff record actually than most. Uh, literally, Peyton. Uh, there goes my word, literally. But hey, it fits on this one. Uh, he has he has had some good defenses that has saved his behind. He has had Bob Sanders. I still to this day believe that Peyton Manning wouldn't have his first his first uh Super Bowl ring if it wasn't for Bob Sanders. Uh, they had one of the I worst running defenses all all season that year and then he went up against uh Larry Johnson, then he went up against L T and then he went up against I forget who he went up against. Oh, then the third game he went up against was the Bears. Three of the best running uh, running teams in the NFL that season, 
and Bob Sanders was able to come up in the box and stop those Hall of Fame Hall of Fame type. Well, I won't say Hall of Fame type, but but our Pro Bowl Pro Bowl running backs. That's he fitting. stopped them. That's Bob fitting. Sanders. Bob Sanders was able to come up in the box because Bob. One thing you can say about both Bob Sanders and, ironically, a Bears player, Mike Brown. They leave it all on the field. That's why they were always injured. And with Bob Sanders coming back from injury in the final week that season, it surprised a lot of teams because they could not stop the run all season. All of a sudden, he's back, and now they can stop the run. So literally, I keep using that word, but, hey, I sometimes right. I believe it fits. It fits it with Peyton Manning has had – certain things in his back pocket. And right now, his running game that he has has not been great, or I won't say hasn't been great, has not been consistent in Denver. Uh, Add in his injuries. Because let's say if he has all of these injuries, but he's had consistent play out of what he has, I don't think it would look as bad. He, he He can't get consistent play out of his other talent. And usually but, when, but usually now, when now, he ha- now even right there, just not just to catch you real quick, is he having the same problem, the same problem that Aaron Rodgers is having right now? Mm. But see the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are have are having a lot of injuries on their team. But the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady right now is they're playing good. And since they're playing good, they're able to they're able to sometimes outshine the talent. Well, Peyton Manning, when you're not when you're not healthy, when you're not doing your best, you need your talent to pick up for you. And Aaron Rodgers right now just needs talent. He's not necessarily playing as bad, but he doesn't have anyone to throw to. Uh, his offensive line is not protecting him. And he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. With yeah, Peyton he spent Manning, a lot of time on the ground the last couple of weeks. Well, no, and I, I'm not. You know, oh. I would not defend a Packer. I would not defend a Packer for anything. But if I'm honest with oh, myself, my and I'm honest with, if I'm honest about what's going on on the field, it's Peyton Manning. In addition to his injury, in addition to his inconsistency, he's also had inconsistency of his talent. So one side, one part has to do good. Either A, he has to be healthy and doing good, or B, his talent has to be doing consistent. When both both parts of the offense goes down, it's going to look the way it's looking. Oh, yeah. He's doing Very bad. True. He's doing bad, and his talent is doing bad. Peyton Manning is notoriously great for making bad players look good or no-name players look great. Well, Right now, he's inconsistent, so he can't make anybody look great. So it's a combination of his talent not doing good on top of the fact that he's not doing good. Either, A, he has to be at Pro Bowl level, or his talent has to be doing great. But when both sides are doing bad, the defense can only hold so much. And right about well, now, I, I'm hoping. Well, I need help with something, then. So with with what we're saying, this is like it's going to be like a pretty, pretty rough game. So, I have, on one of my fantasy leagues, two kickers. I have Robbie Gold. I have Brandon McNally. <laughs> McNally. 
who do I start today? Who who gets to start? Because this is it. You know, I don't think this is going to be a run up the score type of game. We don't know oh, what Peyton no, Manning's doing. Not, I don't, right, who? Right. Well, which Peyton, one of these kickers? Yeah, Peyton, which Peyton's one of these kickers? Right Peyton. Peyton, 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 I'm a huge Robbie Gold fan, but if I factor in the fact of Chicago's weather, Chicago's weather today I would go away from them. And honestly, I have only one kicker, and Robbie Gold is starting for me, but I'm still saying that. you got a lot of ice on the field. you have a lot of wind swirling in that stadium right now. Uh, and also, you have to assume that he's going to have a chance to kick the ball that uh, a lot of times. I don't think, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game, field goal or not, to where it's going to be a lot of kicks on either side of the wall. So I would go away from Robbie Gold today. So you think they're going to do a lot more, t- you know, attempts for two-point conversions? Uh, no, I think what it is is going to be, I think the score is going to be close to that uh, to that uh, game that the that Houston and uh, the Bengals played last week, Houston versus Cincinnati, that 10-3 game or 10-6 game, excuse me. I think that's what the score is going to look like today. A low-scoring game to where really? where it won't. You no, know, I don't like that yes. because in I, it, it's in my opinion, in order for the Bears to have a chance, I think it needs to look closer to that uh, that Rams Bears game last week. But that would that would call for a total breakdown in the Denver defense, and I definitely don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I think you know, even with them being number one. You know, and their weather's not too much different from ours, you know, other than them being way up in the damn mountains. But if you look at, you know, just the conditions here, I've already been outside this morning. It's cold. Well, it's not even just the cold temperature. It was 14 degrees when I was out. One of the things that people people don't factor in for the Bears, the Bears – the Bears' weather is similar to that of the Pittsburgh weather when you're on the field. While it is very cold and a lot of snow in Denver and a high altitude, what takes place at Soldier Field is the the cold temperature mixed in with the swirling winds of that lake lakefront effect. And oh, yeah. in addition to and in addition to a horrible field, uh, they, yeah. as we as we discussed during the uh, pregame meeting. There's still ice on the field, and everyone mm-hmm. everyone will tell you that a uh, a kicker is affected by the way that ball comes off of that field. And when there's ice on the field, and it's already a horrible field, ice or not, I think that's going to. I think that will affect the kickers as well today. So, and, so you're rolling with Robbie Gold. Then. I'm rolling with Robbie Gold as my kicker because okay. I have one kicker. But I have two, so I'm asking. Right, that's what I'm saying. And they're playing. I will go away from Robbie Gold only because of that. And take Brandon. So you think I should take Brandon McManus? Wait a minute. Who does your kicker play for? Denver. That's what I said. Oh, shoot. You you missed that whole thing. That just went so over your head. I missed that part. I missed that part. That's why I asked asked the question. Kicker, you didn't, you didn't Denver, Denver, it was no the way changes. she even asked the question. She asked oh, it like, okay, like she inferred these two. They playing each other today, kind of like. So okay, like, oh. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so 
on that. If we just oh. based on that, I'm gonna go with Robbie Gold because Robbie Gold's a better kicker. That's just Robbie Gold's a better kicker. Period. If we go, uh, if we go insane, if we go insane, like that she doesn't and, like and that's that. That's almost like neutral field. Probably Robbie Gold's a better kicker. I'm, okay, so I'm gonna hold you to the ladies and gentlemen. I'm holding my co-host to selecting Robbie Gold as the better kicker on one of my fantasy leagues as opposed to Brandon McNabb. I mean, I believe Robbie Gold knows how to kick better in the swirling winds than, I mean, like, every every quarter, I mean, excuse me, every uh, kicker knows their stadium and their stadium's conditions the most. I'd have to leave with Robbie Gold on that. All right, so. Now, that's a better point. answer. I could take that. Yes. I just I I I I am trusting him. I went ahead. I tweaked my league. Robbie Gold in that particular league on that particular team for me as starting. I I'm gonna trust him. And there we go. So, prediction time. Mike said he was sort of fifty fifty. I think still he's leaning toward the Bears, but he says it's kinda of a little fifty fifty in this game. Michael, what do you think? What's your prediction? I believe the Bears are gonna pull it off today. Um Nah, it, it's um, not going to be. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a. It's going to be a hard fought battle. That's for you know. That's for sure. Uh, right now, with the defense, the way the Broncos are playing, you know, they're the number one defense in the league right now. So, if you can, you know, if we can do something with that, and you know, just work hard. Like I said, I agree with my. You know, why? It's not going to just be where wide receivers have to come with today. Everybody's going to have to come with it. They're going to have to work together as a team, regardless of who's on the field. You know, yes, there are some positions that we need more production out of. I do agree, but I think that you know, having a little bit more versatility with, and with Cutler taking a little bit, a lot more charge of the team, and you know, with the offense playing the way it played the last couple of games, regardless of Matt Forte being out. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can they can pull it out. It, I think it would be a very good start for them, you know, and definitely a good look as far as the season goes. Right now, to be 500 would be great, you know, just to get to, to that to be breaking even, and then whatever we can do from there would be outstanding, of course. You know, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard test for them. I'm, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, unless the unless. The Broncos just have one of those days just fall apart on defense, which we have seen happen. You know, yeah. so it's not it's, it's it's not impossible. It, it it could be today. You know you know I mean they might step out on the field and be like you know it's it's freezing here. I can't function. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Chicago cold is something different than you know a lot of places. People come here it's like it's my cold. All right, come here in the winter. Come on down here and visit this house. Exactly. Let, let so, me ride that shoulder for a minute. <laughs> Mike, are you still going 50-50 or are you swinging with the Bears? I'm going 50-50, but like I said, if you had to force me to pick, I would, I would lean towards the Bears. I kind of feel that way today. Like, in my gut, my gut is like 50-50, but um, the Bears have potential to – Pull it off. So I'm kind of I'm gonna sit neutral on this one. I'm I'm riding the fence for this game. So we'll have to see how it plays out because I did not think the Bears were gonna come out something the way they did last week. 
And they shut me up just for one week, though, in my lifetime. Just one week, it probably won't happen again. <laughs> but I will admit where I was wrong, and the Bears took advantage of the Rams. So now that leads us over to the Detroit Lions who are playing the Raiders, and this is exactly what the Raiders and the Lions season has sounded like. <laughs> So if you throw a piano down the stairs, you'd have exactly what their <laughs> records look like and how the fans <laughs> feel about both teams. <laughs> the Lions are sitting on two wins. The Raiders have some dedicated fans, I'll tell you that. The Raiders have a couple more wins than the Lions, but both teams are like, what is going on? The Lions, it seems that a fire has been lit under them. We talked about the last few weeks. We've given a lot of attention to the Lions. Uh, Martha Ford came out of our shell like this is bull crap. My my people don't deserve this. The fans don't deserve this. She started chopping heads, making changes. Um, they do have a new president now. They didn't get rid of the coach. A lot of people thought the coach was on his way out. They held on to him because they didn't see that that was the problem. And it seems to be. Hey, wait a minute. Caldwell is but, on the chopping block when your Caldwell is on the chopping oh, block when your president tells you. But he's been told that you your 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 position is not guaranteed. When you're told Nobody's that nobody's position is they told Calvin Johnson that. <laughs> I know, I and do. that just me to me it feels like basically Caldwell is basically an interim coach at this point. Well, he's trying to get his own spot and retain it. Um, the first thing that I will say I saw Caldwell do last week that I have not seen him do since he became the head coach. With something called feelings, he had some of those on the sideline last week. I was like, did he jump up and down? Did he make a yeah, Did he care about what was going on on the field? It's the well, fire effect. <laughs> when you're threatened to get fired, you better wake up. I mean, literally, Caldwell was on the sidelines as the offensive coordinator for the Colts. He had no – he had no – no fire in him when he was getting his butt butt whipped all season and went two and fourteen for the Colts. He had no fire, and when he was on the sideline as the OC, uh, as the OC, even when they won a Super Bowl in in Baltimore, he had no fire. Uh, then when he ended up in Detroit. And they started winning last season, he had no fire. When they started losing at the end of the season, he had no fire. He had no fire at the beginning of this season. Okay, when that, when everybody started getting fired around you, okay, maybe I need to wake up. Because all those, all those <laughs> other instances that I, I suggested, they could have been or not been his fault. When everyone around you is getting Betty fired, had no fire. When I no, when everyone around you, like when Peyton Man, when the Colts went two and fourteen, people could say, "Well, we didn't have Peyton Manning. We just want to go into a right. different direction, so bring in a different coach." Right. When uh, when they start off doing good and all of a sudden doing bad, well, we could say, "Well, these players are just no discipline." When they win at the end of the season um, in Baltimore, we could say, well, my lack of fire 
is what has kept a calming effect and everybody all of a sudden started doing good. Well, all of those things, you can explain those away. When everyone around you is getting fired on the field and off the field, I mean, it's like, well, maybe this might be my fault. Maybe I should wake up. Maybe and you And that's should. what I think. And yeah, I think that's what I think, I think when you when you sit at that round table and, and then the person next to you not at work the next day, and then the other person, and then, like, it's a new guy coming down the hall with a box, and you're looking like, tag, that's like two spots for me. You're working your way down the table. Martha, you got to do something. And then Martha politely let a few players know, like, hey, hey, you're doing a really good job this year. I hope we see that same fire out of you next year, even if it's another team. And so they're like, like, right now you're doing okay. Oh, I might not be back. You know, she's got everybody over there sitting on here. They are are definitely in suspense. Like, maybe I should uh, jump up and down and look like a clown for something. something. Yeah. Right. Don't let Max Stafford be the only player on our team. The end. Because apparently he's But let's look at the Raiders. Let's look at the Raiders. The Raiders aren't playing. They aren't playing terrible football. They just make some pretty interesting mistakes. They've got yes, a great wide receiver. Do. They have an amazing running back. And 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 I don't I don't know what happens. They even have a really good quarterback. So could someone explain to me where the this what I. Is it the defense? Is the defense side of the ball for the Raiders their downfall? Because the offense is honestly looking pretty decent this year, above average. So is it the defense side of the ball that is the downfall for the Raiders? I don't think there's any downfall for the Raiders. I think they just have got to keep playing. Because in general, while it has happened every once in a while where you have a worst-to-first situation, in the NFL most of the time it is a, a gradual increase. And Oakland is making their gradual increase right now. Uh, their secondary is good. Um, Khalil Mack is good in their front seven. Every they are doing what uh, and I'm they different. Had done. I'm different on Khalil, and I, I did one of his biggest stories, which he absolutely loved when he was coming out as a rookie a year ago. I've seen good Khalil, and then I've seen he was running right at Bad Khalil. But see, yeah, also, like awful Khalil. But there's gradually. I mean, but like literally, there's gradual increase. Most of the time in NFL, is gradual increase. It is probably the number one sport when it comes to a team sport. So even if Khalil was playing at a Pro Bowl level, their defense wouldn't necessarily look like it was the greatest defense. Um, Charles Woodson is playing the safety position at a Pro Bowl level, but it's not about his talent. It's about his his smarts. Um, I wouldn't say that their offense is all pro either. Yes, they look good, but both sides of the ball are gradually getting better. And in my opinion, in one or two years, they will be a force to be reckoned with because the rest of that division is Kansas City, Denver, and and who else? San Diego? Well, Phillip Rivers. and uh, Phillip Rivers is not going to keep uh, playing this great because – 
he's the only great player on their team at this point. Uh, all due respect <laughs> to Woodhead and uh, uh, Danny Woodhead, um, the quarterback can only take so many hits. Uh, right. The the Denver Broncos, their defense looks good, but their offense is going in the other direction. Kansas City, I don't know what happened to them this season. They don't look like they even came to came to to uh, to the stadium yeah, they, at all. They, any game. They, yeah, Kansas City is shocking, and I and I, I don't know if the Jamal if the Jamal Shaw factor that's hurting them, but they I'm very. I mean, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles should not be just like with if we since we primarily talk about the NFC North. Uh, Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte can't be the only offensive weapons that those two teams have. So if I use that by comparison, Jamal Charles cannot be the only thing that uh, Kansas City has. With all that, going well, then Kansas play, City, you know, besides that, and Alex Smith, I mean. And can we and and, uh, and the reason that I say that TV? is is we 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 watched what happened when Jamal Charles got hurt against the Bears. Yeah. It was just a total curse for like Kansas City. Like it, it, it was Man. like they just left. Like the team just piped up. Like oh, you're not playing. Oh, I quit. Like I like, no way. Well, uh, and another okay. thing is let's also it's, keep it real. And that's about one. You know, go ahead. Let's also keep it real. The defense, once there was no threat of Jamal Charles, they were able to they were able to drop back in coverage, and that's basically what every team is doing against Kansas City at this point. They're dropping back in coverage. Um, so unfortunately, saying, they just, are that one man team then. Yeah, I mean, they, it's, unfortunately, it's, they, you know, well, they no, really but then I would like, no, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're that one man team. What I would what I would point the finger at is. Is uh is the head coach and their offensive coordinator, um, because at this point, if it is discovered that everybody is dropping back in coverage because of that, your coordinator and your head coach has got to get more creative with the offensive play calling. Maybe they don't have anyone again. to be creative with. I can understand <laughs> in the Bears game. I can understand in the Bears game where it's a shock to the system and you you're stuck. But since then, you're not going to tell me if you're getting paid five and ten million dollars a season as a coach, or two million or one million as an offensive coordinator, that you can't think of something. You better be able to think of something if you want to keep this job. And that is my opinion. Yes, I understand there are certain things that are one man shows, but at this point, it's not even just that it was a one man show. It looks like nobody else can do anything. And even when Matt Forte went down in past years or uh, Adrian Peterson didn't play last year, we saw production or attempted production. Let's just say that, attempted production out of other players. Can we say we feel like we see other production out of anybody else on KC? I can't. I mean, for years, Matt Forte was the only thing the Bears had. And we still saw other people trying. Uh, for years, we could say that there wasn't much else on Minnesota. We saw other people trying. I mean, one of the biggest things that we we have uh, said has been a problem in Minnesota has been the quarterback position. Even with the mm-hmm. bad QBs they've had, they've tried. 
we saw attempts out there. I see Alex Smith is one of the one of the most fire having players out there, even with a a, a short throwing arm. It, I feel like he's just punching the clock at this point. He's like, okay, I'm I'm here on Sunday. Can you tell me different? <laughs> uh, yeah, I see his passion. And you got to remember, Kansas City still has one of the best defenses in the league. But I, I really think that they relied and they, they put too much on the back of Jamal Charles and it hurt them. I don't think that well, – I, I, I don't think I they, do they, they thought it – go ahead. I don't disagree with that, but what I also feel like is – when one when a major cog goes down in any offense, that threat is gone. I mean, I'll use another team as an example. Well, you use my Arian Foster as an example, and I'm, I and mean, they still Arian had a, goes, a, a, a good season. Arian Foster goes down in Houston. He's enough of a cog in that in that offense to where defenses don't feel threatened anymore. Sometimes all you need is the threat. So again, I mean, does that make you So again, does that make a one dimensional then? Because if, if for one person if, 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 and we're looking from the standpoint of how much of an impact his injury has had since they I know and I don't disagree with that. I don't yeah, disagree with the the I, I, I believe Jamal Charles, I definitely believe Jamal Charles meant that much to them, but I'm one that always believes Jamal Charles being gone, I don't want, I won't put, I won't put 50, 60, 70, 80% of it on Jamal Charles or the lack thereof. I have to put the blame in other places. And so I have I have to blame Andy Reid. I have to blame the offensive coordinator. I have to blame right. other people. And, and, but, but, and maybe Jamal Charles that. might be the the Jamal Charles factor no, might be the thing. But I can't say Jamal Charles. That's what we're saying. That's, that's what we're saying. We're that, saying we're they put about. all their factor. stock in Jamal Charles. So now you put all your stock in Jamal Charles. So you guys have have drafted wrong. You guys is. Pick wrong in free agency because Jamal Charles has been injury prone. And here we go after he's healed from an injury. Here we go again. You all put all your stock and y'all didn't think like maybe I need to go get another young back that's just as strong and as explosive as a Jeremy Langford. Because if something happens to Jamal again, what kind of screw we got? We built this great defense and we see Alex Smith's arm and decision making and we're putting it all. How many how many times do we talk about the wideouts from Kansas City? I mean, we don't. I mean, it took they went like thirteen games, fourteen games in a row without getting a touchdown from a wideout. They finally from got a, a wideout, right? From a wideout this season, and then after that touchdown, I don't think they've gotten another one since then. Their wideouts are literally, in my in my opinion, over glorified skinny running backs. Because they don't throw, they don't go downfield. They go short routes. They, the they rely. Field. They don't go downfield, so, and they rely on yards after the catch. And when you rely so on yards after the catch, we... that that puts that tells every cornerback going up against you, I'm about to have a career day because I can drop back in coverage, and you're not going to get anything on. Me. So now moving forward, so when we swing this back around to Detroit, and Detroit 
is battling um, the Raiders. And the Raiders do have a few weapons, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And then their secondary, they have an amazing secondary. I know people ranted and raved for years about Seahawks, but they have a great secondary. Who do you guys think actually wins this matchup today? The the, the Lions that have a fire lit up under them because they want to make sure that their name is on their locker next season? Or is this going to be an easy <laughs> win for the Raiders? I think the Raiders had the fire lit up under them last week, and they showed that they have some some talent. And that's why they beat Green Bay. But I think overall, uh, this was going to be a Raiders game. They're going to win today. I will compare. I will compare the Lions winning last week. I will compare that to the Miami Dolphins winning two weeks in a row against. Uh, because the fire factor was there, but the fire factor can only take you so far. Also, I would also say that the Lions came to the game ready to play harder because they knew they were going up against Green Bay. Well, will they come to the game this week ready to play Oakland as hard as they played against Green Bay? That's another thing. It was a division game last week. Division games, sometimes even the worst team in your division can beat the best team because it's a division game. So I'm not sure if I can count on anything that the Lions are delivering, especially when they're going outside of the division. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. As far as, you know, will they still have the same type of approach that they had last week when they played against Green Bay? You know, because it does make a difference, you know, when it's come, you know, division or conference play versus non-conference play, when it shouldn't actually because all games count. Um, you know, at least you would think they did. But it, I think it's it's going to really come down. It's going to be interesting because when you look at how they match up, they're not that far off from each other. Um, you know, offensively, Oakland has the edge on them, of course. Man, but defensively, it's almost about the same. There's really not too much difference between the, between the both of them. Uh, Oakland gives up more points defensive, so it just it's gonna it's gonna be one of those games. I don't think it's gonna be high scoring. It's not gonna be like you know thirty four, forty five, or you know any crazy score like that. It's gonna be real. I think it's gonna be low. You know, it may it may be. I'll be surprised if it breaks twenty. You know, if they if if they even get to that point on both sides, just because they're so evenly matched to a point, and it's really not like they're great anyway. If that makes sense, <laughs> you know, considering their records and this, you know, and and those things that you take into take into account. So, but as far as who I would pick, because I'm not really a Detroit fan, I would probably pick Oakland and pull it out on top, you know, and take on the win. Uh, I do agree they're on the upswing and then getting their stuff together, so it'd probably be a good win for them. I don't really see Detroit being able to maintain it, even with the fear of losing their jobs. They're probably at the point of KLS. You know, I think I've been there, done that. So I am pulling for Oakland Raiders to top the Detroit Raiders today. There you have it. All right, in a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a great friend of mine, childhood friend, my childhood quarterback from high school, 
is going to join us for a few for an interview, and we're going to talk about some things that I think will interest you all. So hopefully you're listening and tuning in. And let me see if he is online with us as we speak. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Good morning, Mr. Carter. What's going on, bro? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome, thank you, thank you. welcome, Kevin. It's very, very good to have you. One of the, hey, the great, hey, one of the greats at a young age. So thank you for being able to uh, make the show today. Good morning. Thanks. Good morning. So we have a couple questions for you because every week in the NFC North, we're at odds about our quarterback. So, Michael, do you want to give our fans just a history of why we've chosen to ask Kevin about quarterback issues in the NFC North? Sure. I have no problem introducing my best friend. We've known each other for years. We, got, we go back, like, like back, for real. We've done some things, great things together. Kevin is, if you don't know where Rich Central High School is, this is where we both graduated from in Olympia Fields. Go RC. Um he was the first African-American football player and quarterback on our team. He currently holds the all-time passing record at over 3,000 yards. Um, also played college ball a couple of different places until he got sick, and now he is a amateur cyclist. So he's still continuing to be you know, athletic and getting out there and moving around. Uh, which is more than I can say for myself sometimes, but you know we can't all be kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the questions that we do have for you today, and we chose this question because of your background, is what do you think about the quarterbacks in the NFC North, which is what we pretty much cover on our show, and who, how do you see them individually um, finishing out their seasons? And we can start, and if we want to put an order, because um, oh. our other co-host Mike is on the line too. But we can start. We let's let's get this one out the way first. Matt Stafford from the Detroit Lions. I always felt like Matt was overrated. Um, he's injury prone. I and, have to interject um, and say thank you. I have to interject and say thank you, and I have to interject and say thank you. Uh, that's all. <laughs> What? Oh, you you must agree with that one, huh? <laughs> I didn't think he was anything in Georgia. I didn't think anything when he when he signed his super extravagant rookie contract. I couldn't understand why they gave him his second contract. And literally, and I'm going to use my word literally over and over again on this one. Matt Stafford is not that great of a quarterback. When there's other no, quarterbacks yeah. out there that have talent. And you want to put Matt Stafford much higher? Come on now, Matt Stafford. Yes, he has been in a good position, and he has he has uh, done well with the people around him. And I'm not going to say he's a bad quarterback, but I am not putting him in the top ten. I might not even crack top fifteen for my my opinion of Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that one. So I'm Matt. We're gonna swing this around to. Uh, a quarterback that makes me drink a lot of Alka-Seltzer and, and wine on Sundays. He just – I have issues with him, and I thought he'd be better in the pros, but maybe I was wrong. And that's Minnesota Vikings' Teddy Bridgewater. What are your thoughts on Teddy this season 
this is what we saw last season, and is he starting to have the same issues that we saw when he was in college? Uh, I think give Teddy some time. You know, this is uh, this is second go around. Teddy's got the talent. He just needs the coaching. He's got the talent around him, but it just all has to be put together. And the blocking. He's got to have the block. He's got to have the protection. I'm not giving up on Teddy yet. Um, like I said, I think he's got the skills. He's got the talent. He's just got to put it together. I don't see him as being another um, RG3, you know, a, a nice flash and then just disappears. I think it's just maturity process, and he's got he's to put it together. Yeah, because RG3 has been like, you know, his career at this point has a lot of these. There's no production out of that kid. And it's sad because, you know, he started out with such with such promise, and then after the injury, it just it went straight down. He just hasn't been able to recruit. But, you know, and I don't know if that speaks to his maturity or speaks to his physicality. It could be a combination of both. It could be he he's on the wrong team. You know, it could be a lot of things with him, but it's just, it's like, you don't even hear his name anymore. You know, once, once the shattered hands, then, uh, you know, it's it's a bad marriage from get-go, so. Yeah, he, he's not one of the most, you know, friendly coaches. <laughs> Unfortunately, people don't like him. Mike, you have anything else to chime in with on that one? No, not really. It's just I had to speak up on the Matt Stafford thing. That was all. Okay, so cash you. So we got so so we are supposed. Really, how much time do I need to give Teddy? Because um, <laughs> I, um, you have to understand, man. Have it, I'm, I'm, we know you can rant the rest of the show if you wanted. Like we gave you the time. If we gave you the time, you would rant on Teddy for the rest of the show. So let's limit it to uh, uh, allowing well, our guests I, that, to have that some was more time. Only, that, was, that was my only question. That was my only question. Just how much time do we need to give him before the Vikings probably need to make him the second quarterback, not the starter? Somebody who could throw the ball in like under seven, eight, nine, ten seconds? Uh, it is my opinion that the Vikings do much better grabbing uh, uh, free agent quarterbacks than they do at grabbing drafting quarterbacks because I liked when they had Randall Cunningham. I liked when they had Warren Moon. I think they got lucky with Dante Culpepper. Since Culpepper, have they had anything? Um, Brett Favre, all right. Um, I mean, but even Brett Favre fits the story of grabbing good free agents. Of grabbing, right. They're not good. That that fits that storyline. And and it's not about who's – they they just have not historically drafted good QBs. I don't even think they expected Dante Culpepper to be as what he was. I think they thought they were drafting their their backup QB for the future, but not their starting QB. I think they got lucky uh, because they've consistently done well in the free agent market of uh, getting QBs. 
So up next, we have um, Jay Cutler for the Bears, who everyone has a love-hate relationship with them, Kevin. You either love them or you hate them. There is no in-between. So what are your thoughts on Jay Cutler's past and what we are seeing from him now this current season and where he could possibly take the team to finish the season? Uh, I probably think this is the best we've seen. This is the best we've seen out of Jay so far um, up until now. I couldn't stand him. You know, I didn't think he read the defense. I didn't think he had the heart. I didn't think he had the leadership. Now I think it's a point of um, good coaching. You know, um, he's got people that make him accountable. Um, They force him to make good decisions. I still don't think he reads the defense that well. But I think with the play schemes, the play calls, it sets him up to not, you know, not be a failure. But it's still, it's still everything lands on him. As long as he stays focused in the game, he's fine. But if things go awry, he can still go back to OJ. Yeah, and that's that's the hard part with him because, you know, if he if it, if he can hold and be consistent and maintain, which is what we all would agree upon, I would think, you know, it's gonna, it, how consistent can he be with his play level from here on out to the rest of the season versus and that's going to be a sign of his maturity because if 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 he if we see OJ just because something goes wrong, then you know this is back to what we what we're used to. It's a flash of greatness, and oh here we go again. We back to this crap. People are not watching, and who cares? You know. But hopefully, the coaching and whatever they're doing with him will get him to grow a lot more over the next few weeks. And by the time the postseason comes around, we're looking at something totally different. You know, as far as you know where they where we stand, where they stand. The, the, you know, and where the where he stands too. The post, the post. Yeah, okay. yeah, time for, me, time for who? me to interject. Time for me to interject. Yes, I think H, uh, Jay Cutler's having a good season, one of his better seasons. But I will not say this was his best season as the Bears. I would say this is probably his third best season with the Bears. That's also how quickly people forget. One, Jay Cutler had a great season in 2010 and took us to the NFC Championship game. Um, and in the following season, Jay Cutler was having an MVP-like season and was, was in the MVP conversation until he got injured and missed the final six games of the season. I'm not saying that Jay Cutler does not have room for improvement because, oh, he definitely does have plenty of room for improvement. But when people make comments about Jay Cutler's only had one good season as a Bear or this is his best season as a Bear, I take the attitude of, oh, how so quickly we forget. I I know that one of the things that my fellow Bears fans are fickle and we forget what a person has done in the past. But if we sit back and think about what a person actually has done, one of the things that I will say about Jay Culler is this: This is the first time in a long time that he's had a a coaching staff that is sitting down and working with him. Because I cannot say Mike Tice sat down and worked with him. I cannot say uh, Ron Turner worked with him. Ron Turner, why is Ron Turner even on the staff? You, he was a head coach at University of Illinois. Didn't have a good. <laughs> didn't have a good offense, and then you want him to be the offensive coordinator of an NFL team. And I went to University of Illinois. I remember Ron Turner. Our offense wasn't that good there, so you want him to be the head. And he was a twice twice offensive coordinator under two different head coaches for the Bears. 
And then Mike Martz, come on now. We, I, I went on a whole diatribe about Mike Martz earlier in this episode. I had lost some of my fire during the middle of the episode, but when people talk about Jay Cutler, I want people to look at the entire picture. The, this is the first. Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm go the there with first you. offensive coordinator offensive coordinator that I believe Jay Cutler has had that deserved the term offensive coordinator. I'm I can agree with you, with you If you If you went by stats, you cannot say that the 2010 season was Jay Cutler's best. His and season following out. was his best season. His season following was his best season when Definitely he was in the conference. Definitely was not. He actually dropped in everything from attempts to completions to percentages to yards. Yes, when yeah. you don't play the final six games of the season, your overall stats are not going to look comparable. So it wasn't, it wasn't that, his, his that best season, to be honest, his best season – and this is as crazy as this is going to sound, was last season, part of 2013, definitely 2014, and right now. If you looked at him right I mean, now, now and his that the season ended today, he's killed tons of QBs. Like right now, what he's doing now, but from 2006 with the Broncos to right now, what the man is doing right now, even missing those games, he's killing the game in, in the QB category. And see, one of the things that I don't he had a good team. I don't, he had a great team. One of the things. Team. And you got to remember one of the things, on that team, which helped him get to the No, he had a great team, so team on that team. Well, what, I, what I will say is, what I will say is, I am not a slave to the stats like some people are. I'm not saying you are, but one of the things that I will even use this season to compare, if if we were to go strictly on stats, Strictly on stats, Cam Newton would not be in the MVP conversation. I look at the overall picture of what what the player had an effect on the team, and I believe in those two seasons that I referenced, Jay Cutler had an excellent effect on the team in a positive way. And yes, I still say that wise. That wise. Okay, like that wise. These reports and articles and everything else got like names like oh, Sam mean, Riggs, no. Peanut Tillman. Oh no, let's let's, mean, let's, let's keep it real. Jay Cutler as far as uh, uh, personality and what he did for the yeah. team, he threw players under the bus. He didn't take accountability for his own actions. Jay Cutler's a jerk. We all know that. He's still a jerk. Exactly. He's still, he's still a jerk. I, <laughs> I, but I'm not one of those people that has to like my quarterback. I don't like my quarterback as a person. I still question a lot of the things he does off the field. I don't like <laughs> so when people so when people think I'm defending Jay Cutler because I like him as a person, no, let's get that honest. I don't like him. He's a horrible person. I question. I even question who the woman he married. Oh, oh, oh! I don't care about all that. Uh, <laughs> you went, you went to, you went below the belt on that one. <laughs> Try to chop off the knees, chop off his torso, and all of that when it comes to the person that he is. But I like the quarterback that he is. And I, let, and I, I, maybe I needed to go there for people to understand that listen to the show and, and my fellow friends that, that don't think that, don't think that I, I'm critical of him. I don't like him. I think he's the best quarterback the Bears has had, have had. I think when we criticize him, we need to we need to look at an overall picture instead of just seeing the jerk that he is. 
Well, I and, think this is honestly his best season period well, I mean, out of everything that I'm looking at. I I, I really do. I, I mean, yeah, I'm he's he, he's playing better ball this year, but it also it also comes from, like I said, the coaching staff because he had weapons before. He had weapons. He had some serious weapons before. This year, man, we playing from the bench. Had other than when we had Brandon Marshall on the team. Uh, and then when Alshon Jeffrey joined, please name me another weapon that he's had. Please. I'm, I'm just a referring. To, I'm just referring to them two. I'm just referring to them two. We have we have wide receivers. But we didn't get. But let's also be honest. We didn't get Alshon Jeffrey to join the team until two years ago, and before well, that. Well, let me let me wrap this conversation by saying maybe he should have taken a note out of this next QB's notebook of even if your wideout isn't a brand name, I can still make you famous. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And I wonder what Kevin <laughs> thinks about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Because even having you, – you don't even know half of these receivers' names until Aaron Rodgers puts the ball in his hand and you got to go looking at the stat sheet like he's been on the team for seven years. That's something Jay Cutler doesn't pull out. But what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? Especially Aaron Rodgers did a great job. Aaron did a great job from uh, <laughs> sitting back and learning from the great. You know, and it's yeah, trust me, it's hard to give a Packer any credit, <laughs> but he did <laughs> learn from a great, and uh, you know, he makes his uh, he makes other players better. Right now, you know, they falling from grace, and I think um, Ooh, I even think he's playing hurt. He is. And uh, and if he don't, if he, yeah, he, yeah, I thought so. I thought, uh, I thought I read something about him playing hurt, and it's even showing in his performance, you know. So you know, he's got to get healthy, and and he's got to be the the healthy part of the team because he's the head. And if he doesn't get back healthy, you know, they'll continue to drop. But they're not lacking right behind him. They're not liking behind them at all. I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head, but it's that Clemson quarterback. I so wanted him here. Mm, yeah. That yeah, kid is going to be the him. truth. That kid is going to be the him. truth. Just you wait. Put that in your archive so so when he blow up, you can pull that back up. That kid is going to be the truth. Yeah. But, yeah. I can second that. I, 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 if we would go back up quarterbacks on all of the teams in the NFC North, I still like the Bears, uh, David Fails. I still like David Fails. Um, notice I jumped right over Jimmy Clausen. I don't even think he should be on anybody's roster. No, nah, ain't nobody thinking about no Clausen. I don't think he should have made anybody's roster. He got he got uh, John Fox fired the first time in Carolina. Right. So that was that was completely different. But when it, when it comes to backup QBs in the NFC North, uh, I would say there's a debate between the guy from uh, Green Bay and David Fields, in my opinion. But then again, we don't get to see what David Fields does because he's not on the field enough. And when it comes to the QBs and the NFC North in general, the only team I believe that is good at getting QBs in the NFC North is Green Bay. 
hate to. I yeah. hate to but I hate they got an awesome great that. front office. They've got they an awesome, awesome front office. They got they, they talent scouts are off the chart. Talent scouts are off the chart. The, the director, the director of player personnel, and the talent scouts in Green Bay are off the chart because none of the other three teams in the NFC North consistently grab talent. None of them. I think the other three teams in the NFC North occur in all positions. Mm-hmm. Get lucky when they get somebody good. Only person yeah, I think yeah. that uh, some, uh, only person I don't think they got lucky when they picked him was when the Vikings drafted Adrian Peterson. But I think that was their luck on that. And in front of them was too stupid to draft Adrian Peterson because literally Adrian Peterson was going to be great. It was just going to be how dumb was everybody in front. Where where Minnesota gets lucky is when players fall to them. The other player I can I can't believe fell so far. I think he fell to like number twenty eight was when Randy Moss got drafted by Minnesota. Minnesota oftentimes is the team that takes the chance on the quote unquote problem child and when the rest of the NFL is too afraid because they thought that Adrian Peterson was gonna be a problem child, they thought that Randy Moss was gonna be a problem child and the rest of the NFL and and Minnesota takes the attitude if y'all gonna be that dumb, we will go get this great talent. Well see now, Minnesota you, you can believe, take the chance the on the problem child. Be- but because the it ain't nothing they can get in trouble to in Minnesota. <laughs> but they do. Minnesota is actually the highest the team with the most arrests in the league. So they do. They That's because they're bored. <laughs> no, That's because they're bored. They're not bored. Most of their arrests have come from their hometown and not the state of Minnesota. Oh. Well, you just proved this point because they ain't getting in trouble in Minnesota. Right, right. ain't nothing to do with Minnesota. <laughs> with the exception, they got with the exception of that, they just got a lot of, and they drink a lot. We we drink a lot in Minnesota, a lot. Bad boy. Unfortunately, you got to drink. No, everything, everything, everything has liquor. We did, did you hear it? Minnesota, y'all trying to keep warm? <laughs> no, ain't nobody scared of the cold in Minnesota. Y'all got to keep warm in that, that Hennessy and that vodka and that gin, all of that. Which are things that they don't even drink up there. Like, I had to, you know, send, like, SOS to Chicago, like, bring Hennessy with you. In other words, like when, this, Chica- when Chicago, a six-pack, a Minnesota their stuff is in, Their stuff, 90% of their arrests aren't even season arrests. So, now they're not bored during the season. I can guarantee you that one. Boredom is not it at all. There are quite a few Vikings babies in Minnesota. They're not bored at all, but this she said is Viking babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not bored at all. Please believe me. Um, but, you know, they do take <clears throat> bigger risks. Them and Dallas probably take more risks than anybody on the player. Dallas would be like, go get him out of prison. Like they don't care. Oh no, I'm not saying Minnesota's the only one that takes chances. If I was, if I would take the pro, the problem child franchises, three notorious ones, and it's Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Dallas. Yeah, especially Dallas. Yeah, that's what I just said. Dallas. And people are talking about Hardy right now, but people forget about 
people forget about Tony Romo. Excuse me, I said Tony Romo. No, nobody, people, no, nobody forgets. Believe me, Dallas fans definitely don't, and, 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 and nobody forgets. One of the most notorious problem children was Michael Irvin. Nobody forgets yeah. that either. <laughs> one of the most notorious. Michael, Michael Irvin uh, could probably tell us all details about that booger sugar. <laughs> I, there was. I'll just. I'll just put it. I'll see, put it this way. Man, we just can't see. I don't even know. Do, I was an airline employee and watched something happen with him, and I was like, "Are you serious?" So to watch him pray now, sometimes I have to step back and pray too, because people can change. Because that day, I was like, "You, you lucky." They size two blondes because I, I don't think. Yeah. So Kevin. Now that you've yep. the NFC North quarterback, do you have any predictions today? We've got a division. We've got a divisional matchup between the Packers and the Vikings. Who do you think will pull out the W's? I think the, I think we'll take the Packers out of that one. And then you've got the Bears and the Broncos. The banged up Broncos with no paid Manning, nowhere now no Emmanuel Sanders. And quite a few injuries on the Bears' side, too. Well, who do you think will get the W in that one? I think it'll be a close game today, but I think the Bears will pull it out. But here's the thing. Do not sleep on Oswilder. Yeah. You know, Oswilder is – he's the next coming of um, Big Ben. Don't sleep that on That is true. So, if, if, <laughs> the, if the defense put, drops the hammer, if the defense drops the hammer, we should be fine. But if they give Oswald the too many gaps, he's going to get us. He's going to take advantage of him. He's going to get us. He's going to get us. He's not, he's not an idiot. The only thing we know about Oswald, though, is that he's tall. That's the only thing we he's know. Tall, he's tall. He's <laughs> agile. He's tall. He's agile. He's got a strong arm. He's smart. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been on the field. And one thing about Eddie anything Brock. else you know, he stands behind Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is not a selfish cat. You you mm-hmm. go in the film room with this dude, you're going to learn. So he's in an excellent position to be the heir apparent. And he and he will because man is out on his own as well as the door. Don't sleep on Swilder. Now we've got the Lions and the and the and the Raiders in the matchup today. Um, the Lions had a little bit of a fire lit under them, so they grabbed another win. But what do you expect to see out of this game, and who walks away with the W? The Raiders about to get them cakes. So the March season is over. Okay. Over. That's it. Hey. So, Kevin, now that you are not quarterbacking anymore, there is another sport that's a major sport. If if anyone's ever visited Chicago or for those that live in Chicago, we are cyclists. This is a cycle-heavy city. We even have bike lanes. Not motorcycle, but bike lanes. It's a cycle-heavy city. So, Kevin, you want to tell everybody what you're doing now and those that are interested, how they can kind of jump down and be on the team as well? I um, I ride with uh, Major Taylor Cycling Club Chicago. Um, we also have a team in our club. We're 120 deep. Uh, we're probably a little bit more than that. But um, we've got a couple of races. we got some pro races on our team. We um, We do a lot of group rides throughout the week, big ones on the weekends. 
Um, we have uh, a lot of group leaders who have uh, – we run classes, we run training rides to help riders who are new new to it. And everything, everything is about improvement. You know, you come out, you may ride about, you know, 10 miles per hour, but by the end of the season – you'll be up at 14. I currently ride at an average of 22 miles per hour, speed of 36. So um, big, big strides over the past couple of years for me. I'm loving it. Um, it's an expensive sport, so it's not for, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these these bikes, they run anywhere from 1200 to eight grand. And I just bought a second one a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, it's it's not it's not a cheap sport. It's a fun sport, and like you said, our city is really really growing when it comes to cycling. Oh dear. Well, ladies and gentlemen, right. um, usually we would have had our um, college segment by now as it was going. We were having such a great time on a special guest today. We figured we'd just go ahead and just like let the clock run out. Um, it is time for us to wind it up, however, in a few in a short while. But before we do, Mike, watch each other where they can find us online and on their apps. Uh, you can easily go to the show since we are part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio. Another place that is easy for a lot of people on their phones is to use the TuneIn radio app or go to the TuneIn website. Uh, I personally listen to the show when I'm going to critique ourselves on the uh, Apple Podcast app. Uh, Cassandra, when she's checking out our own show in the archives, she used the RSS radio feed. But uh, the easiest way to find it is through the Blog Talk Radio Network on blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio or do a search for footballfanrushradio on the TuneIn radio app. Cool, cool deal. And we are um, going to be representing ourselves at a tailgate event later on this day. Uh, well, actually, in about a half an hour. Cassie, you tell them where they can meet us at. So, if you are in the Chicagoland area, we will be in the Dalton area. Check out our Twitter page at Football Fan Rush or. Our Facebook page at Football Fan Rush Radio will have the address and the details there for anyone who wants to come out and celebrate game day Sunday with us. This is Cass signing off. Mike and Mike, we're signing off for this game day Sunday, and we will be back next week. I'm shaking it loud. Please.